Hi, this is Mary and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So I love having my friend Jacqueline on the show because we love to talk about relationships and dating life. So speaking of relationships and dating life, one of the most horrible outcomes of dating in today's world is being ghosted. And if you're someone with an insecure attachment style, ghosting can feel like unfinished business, magnify the intensity of your feelings about someone, and have you accept poor behavior just to feel any kind of connection. So today we have a special guest. She calls ghosting the silent epidemic, and she has turned her own experiences of being ghosted into her life's mission. So. Our special guest, her name is Greta, and she hosts the Coping with Ghosting podcast. She also coaches people who have been ghosted in all walks of life. Greta holds a master's degree in communications, and she is passionate about sharing practical and accessible methods to move through the pain of being ghosted. Kindness and compassion serve as the cornerstones of Greta's work as she strives to empower others to find their paths to healing. So welcome, Greta. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I was hoping we could start with just what you specifically define as ghosting, because that term has become so normalized and thrown around in so many different scenarios. And I think there's even a little bit of confusion on what exactly ghosting is? So I define ghosting as the practice of ending a personal relationship with someone by suddenly and without explanation withdrawing from all communication. And that comes directly from Oxford languages. And the caveats are that when you're leaving an abusive situation without saying goodbye, it's not ghosting, it's self-protection. And when you quietly exit a relationship after a boundary has been violated, that's not ghosting, that's self-respect. I love that you really made that clear because I feel like the word ghosting gets thrown around in so many different ways. Like if somebody doesn't return a phone call, the other person might say, oh, I just got ghosted. So I think it's really important to have that definition of what ghosting is. I agree. And with the person who's waiting by the phone thinking, they haven't called me back, I've been ghosted. Don't make any assumptions that you've been ghosted. You must reach out to this person and check in. Like, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay? For example, one of my friends thought she was being ghosted by one of her friends. And it was because she reached out. She hadn't heard from her. Two weeks had gone by. And her friend finally returned saying, you know, I, I went to rehab. They took my phone away. You know, you never know what's going on with somebody else, right? And so I think it's important to just be careful not to immediately personalize this and make this about you. I think before you assume and come to the conclusion that you've been ghosted, you need to give it some time. I love that you said that. And I'm also thinking of all my little anxious bunnies out there, those who identify as anxiously attached. I can just hear the wheels clicking inside their heads of, 
how much time is enough time? But what if they don't respond after the first date? Where does that leave me? And on one hand, it can be so relieving for somebody who runs more anxious to ask that question, right? It stops the the fantasy and the obsession. And at the same time, it's like, when do we make that call if someone doesn't follow up after a first date or a second date? And is that ghosting if someone doesn't follow up after one or two dates? It is ghosting. If somebody that you've met that you had a connection with doesn't reach out after the dates and you've reached out and they ignore you, that is ghosting. But I think you have to reach out to them and just check in and see. Because if you're both silent after that first date, I do not consider that ghosting at all. And, yeah. And, and some people can just say, oh, I never heard from the person they ghosted me versus if they've done the reach out and they're hearing nothing back. That's a different story. Exactly. When was the first time that you remember being ghosted? You know, the first true ghosting experience that I had was back in high school. I was 16 years old and I had a really good friend. We had been friends since freshman year. Now it's junior year. And I, she just stopped talking to me out of the blue. I even went up to her and I tried to have a conversation with her. And she looked at me and she turned around and walked away. Oh. And there was no explanation. There was no reason for it at all. And it was absolutely devastating to me. <laughs> and I, I know we talked about ghosting and unfinished business. And that can cause so much anxiety because it's like what you're saying, like, well, I, I, I'm I, pretty sure I, I did my personal inventory. I didn't do anything wrong. Why did this person turn around and stop talking to me? Why is my best friend suddenly not my best friend? And I'm just curious, what did you do after that? I was pretty depressed, actually. I was really sad. I felt like I just wasn't good enough for her or something. And it made me feel... I guess I wouldn't say that it made me feel because I am responsible for my own feelings, but I reacted in a way where I felt as if I could not trust anyone again. I was nervous to enter into relationships with new friends when I went to college because I felt like this could just happen at any time. It's just like somebody pulling the rug out from underneath you. And I did deal with a lot of the anxiety and I had a lot of pain in my heart. And, you know, being ghosted can trigger the same neural pathways as physical abuse. And some therapists do say you could take a Tylenol for this because it is physically painful. So it makes sense that I had that reaction. Was that something at the time when you got to college and you said you you know, were scared to make new friends? Was it something you were consciously aware of or was it more indirect where you just kind of found yourself pulling back from certain people and, and not quite kind of firing it all together, the connecting the dots on that? I definitely knew. I went to college knowing that I wouldn't be able to fully trust anyone right away, that their trust had to be earned. And I was extremely cautious about who I shared my heart with, who I spent time with. I was, I was nervous. And how, when along the process did you, you'd, you'd been ghosted a few times after that, right? That was not the yeah. only time. That was definitely not the only time. 
And around that time, I was dating a man, or I don't know, <laughs> a dude. He was like 18. And he also ghosted me. I was ghosted after college by another man that I was dating. And that that one was probably one of the most painful ones. He inspired me to do coping with ghosting because I was I was in shock. Like I thought he had died because the way he treated me when we were together, it was like I was a princess and I felt so cared for and respected and happy to be with him. And I was so high in the relationship when I I recall that he invited me on a multi-day trip across a few states. And I was in grad school at the time and I said I couldn't do it. And he said nothing after that. And I was, I was like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I mean, I still can't believe it. It was so rude. <laughs> like I reached out to him by email. I called him. I texted him. I thought he had died. I looked up his obituary, like like for his obituary online. Like I put his name into the search with the word death. I thought something happened to him, but then he posted on social media and I knew that I had been played. And then a few months later, I saw that he was engaged. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. How long were you guys together? It was off and on for almost... I think it was like nine months. Wow. Okay. So at nine months, you said no. And then he just, you never heard from him again. Yeah. And when did you start to put together that this is something that you had to work on for yourself? In 2019, I started getting the feeling that something was really wrong because I was single and I was dating again. And what I micro ghosting kept on happening. I'm going to call it micro ghosting because in dating apps, when you're chatting with people, you're not in a relationship with them, right? You've just met them. They're complete strangers. They might even be a bot. So I was having conversations with these people and they were just dropping off. And I thought, gosh, this is just rude. They would say mean things sometimes. They, I thought, am I not saying the right thing to them? And I realized that this was a huge issue. And around that time, there was a girl that I, or woman I had been friends with, and she kind of dropped out of my life as well. And that really hurt. So it was another person who ghosted me. And then in 2020, I was doing a lot of meditation and I was furloughed from my job. And I thought, you know, this keeps on happening to me over and over again. It's like I'm on a merry-go-round. It's just so frustrating. And I need to help other people get off the merry-go-round that I'm on. And I need to tell them that it's not their fault, that this isn't personal. And there are greater societal factors at play that are making this happen. <laughs> I love that you say that because that's something I see in, you know, Western culture, especially of there's so much emphasis on the individual that we look in. And if we run anxious, right, we're trying to be in control of every single thing in order to feel safe in the world. And the fact is we cannot control every 
single detail. And there is so much that is out of our hands that does come into play, right? COVID, for example, mm -hmm. uh, I, I suspect it pushed everyone into which whatever insecure attachment style you led with, if the anxious or the avoidant, it pushed people more in those directions. And we haven't really recovered from that, right? And I think we are seeing the effects through that, through the dating lens, right? Mm -hmm. What would you yeah. recommend saying to people or suggesting people do in this, the outcome around this? Like, what are some little tips that you would? Okay, so I want you to know that if you've been ghosted, you are not alone. This, I don't know a single person who hasn't been ghosted, all right? So this is a huge issue in our society, and it happens for many reasons. Don't assume that you know why it happens. Again, the definition is there was no explanation, and this person disappeared. So it really could be anything, okay? So don't make this about you. Don't take this personally. It's not your fault. Because this other person, yeah, sure, maybe you did something or said something that rubbed them the wrong way. But if they were a mature and healthy person, they would have told you, communicated with you that, hey, this, you know, what happened, this didn't sit well with me or whatever. And they would have come up to you and had a respectful discussion around it. But instead, for whatever reason, and it's not that you did something, it could be any other reason. Maybe were so incredibly impressed by you that it made them feel some something about themselves and triggered their self-esteem issues that they had a choice. They could have gone to you and given you the respectful goodbye that you deserve, or they, you know, maybe they were unable to because they were going through some mental health conditions, or maybe they were unable to because, like I said, my friend, her, her friend went to rehab. They were on some, they were just unable to physically or otherwise come to you and communicate. So the point is, is that you never know why. So please, please, please do not blame yourself about that. That's the biggest thing that I can tell you. You cannot control somebody else's behavior. You cannot control it. If their crappy behavior was not on you, that was their reaction. That's on them. It says a lot about them. It tells a little bit of a story about their life, but we still don't know what it is and we can't assume. And it says nothing about you. It says nothing about you. And I also would like to say that you did your best. You, you, you couldn't have seen this coming right? It's really impossible to predict that somebody's suddenly going to disappear. You can't tell the future. <laughs> I mean, even in a relation, I was in a relationship for 15 years with one of my friends and she ghosted me. And this happened in 2021 after I started this work. I could not have seen that coming. Wow. So, yeah. And I love how you change, you know, you have the narrative changes from I don't matter or what's wrong with me to, oh, there must be something wrong with the other person. And it doesn't mean that that person's, you know, good or bad or anything right. like that, but it takes that personalizing when, when somebody's having that bad behavior of ghosting, 
it and and we tend to personalize it, right? It kind of like you're the encouragement of not personalizing somebody else's behavior, like that 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 somebody else's bad behavior says something about me. When it says doesn't say anything about me at all, it really speaks to what type of person they are and what their character is, or they may be going through something, but whatever it is, it's not based on me or it's not because of me. It is is not your job to analyze the person that ghosted you. It's your job to take care of yourself, focus on yourself and move forward in healthy ways. So I'm also curious because listening to your story about being ghosted by your high school best friend and then having these repeat experiences of being ghosted. And look, if we're humans in the world, having relationships with other humans, we are going to be ghosted. So I'm curious, like from an attachment lens, do you feel like these constant continuous episodes of ghosting moved you into a more insecure attachment style? Because when you were talking about oh, I was careful about the types of people, you know, opening up myself, right, to harm's way in college. Who was I going to choose to be my friends? And just being very careful and very deliberate about it. I'm just curious, like, if you can speak to that from an attachment lens. Absolutely. So I definitely felt anxious. I was probably also avoidant because I was scared. I definitely have different attachment styles depending on the relationship. And I probably, because of my anxiety and my anxious attachment style, ended up missing some of the warning signs in the future of potentially being ghosted because I just wanted love and I didn't want to feel the painful abandonment feelings that I had felt in the past. That's the thing when we're running from the wound or sticking a Band-Aid on it versus going in and healing the root, what what we resist persists. Mm -hmm. And one of the markers, I think, of secure attachment is the ability to see outside ourselves, right? Oh, this isn't about me. This is about them. And the anxious brain, the root of anxiety or uh, people who run identify as anxiously attached is actually low self-esteem. I'm the problem. And I need you to fix me to fill my cup. So it's such a sign of health when we can start depersonalizing and say, oh, this is really this other person's dysregulation or poor behavior or whatever it is, overwhelm in some capacity. Maybe there was an emergency, but that I can understand it's not about me and still be okay. When you first realized, okay, this is something I want to work with and now I want to help others, what kinds of therapies, healing modalities, tools did you start to explore and utilize? I was doing lots of different self-help, self-care things. I was doing all the things really. So I did therapy. EMDR was the biggest game changer for me. I did cognitive behavioral therapy. I got massages because relaxation is really important. It helps everything. And on that note, I did meditation and yoga nidra. I always do yoga. And I think, honestly, 
healing after being ghosted is holistic because what you're feeding your mind and your body, it's going to impact your overall well-being. And I think this is all about like just shifting everything in your life to feel better. Like if you've been ghosted, it's almost like just treat yourself like you've been sick. Rest, feel your feelings, like eat nourishing, healthy foods and do all the things you can to build yourself back up again because it it's a grease process and it's not linear. It comes in waves and it's going to take some time, but you can get through this. I love that you mentioned the word grief because my perspective is that when we experience any kind of trauma, which is an event that turns the world on its head as we know it and we respond to it in a negative way, we have to grieve it. Right. And, and the gift of going through the grieving process is then we get to experience transformation. But many of us, because the pain can feel so deep as we push it away, we run from it. And I'm wondering when even the compassion piece that you mentioned and that nurture and self-care can be really hard to do. Right. Because the anxious brain says, I just need the problem fixed. If it's fixed, I'll be fine. I, don't, I shouldn't have to go through A, B and C because it can even reinforce in some way, I'm the problem. I have to do all these things. Why do I have to work so hard okay. even being okay? And I'm wondering what you would have to say on that. I would say take it one day at a time or even one hour at a time. And this is a good opportunity to practice your patience. How annoying is that statement? <laughs> I say that when I'm in traffic, but it is a good opportunity to practice your patience, have full knowledge that you can get through this and emerge healthier and better. And when you're triggered and you know, or something awful happened, this is like the next day, I'm like, this is day one of the next chapter of my life. And I'm the author. I'm in control. I'm going to flip the script. It's going to get better from here. I can do it. And go full force on the self-care. You know, I would also say hide anything that reminds you of the person that ghosted you. I always write the ghost a letter. And it just, it's very candid. I use a lot of curse words and then I rip it up and tear it into shreds. And I'm like, this is, and this is me moving forward. Like I just got it out all my rage onto the page. I felt my feelings. I allow myself to cry. It's okay to cry. It's really healthy. And I reflect, I reflect on what I did that I'm proud of in the relationship what I did that I want to change in the future, maybe about myself. But I do my best not to ruminate. And I take the driver's seat. And if the little girl in the back seat, which is also me, is crying, I, I give her what she needs. And then I come back to driving. And I really focus on just all the things that can help me feel better. I love that I you love said hide the ghoster. I'm such a huge proponent of unfollowing and deleting because it's like, this does not serve me anymore. And what yeah. is me checking somebody's Instagram slash social media accounts going to do for me, right? How is that going to activate my nervous system? Because I'm if I'm in this constant state of activation and stress, I'm not healing. Right. And so I definitely believe out of sight, out of mind, 
And so that one day down the line, if I do see some social media about the person, I can, you know, have a very neutral response to it. And also I'm Jacqueline and I are both EMDR therapists. So then you know, how do you how did you feel about ghosting after that, after you processed it using EMDR? Okay. So I went from saying I lost them to, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for them. They lost me. I love that reframe. Yeah, it was a reframe. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't do anything wrong here. I have always showed up with integrity and kindness in this relationship. And this person treated me like, like, and now I'm sorry that they don't have me in their life anymore. And I, I have compassion because they communicate very well. That's unfortunate for them. I mean, that must be really hard if they can't even have these hard, adult, mature conversations. How does the rest of their life look? Like, it's, it's bad. It sucks for them. I know. I just hear the excitement in your voice. And I'm just like, my body is feeling very excited because it's such a great place to be on the, when you get to the other side of feeling like I'm the problem to like, oh, I'm not the problem. I'm actually this like really amazing person. And, and these people are missing out. And now I can actually show or feel compassion towards that person who ghosted me and just like getting to that, that point in your life where you can look back and be like, wow, you know, that's just such a cool feeling. And I'm not saying what they did is okay. What no. they did was terrible. And I believe that, and I have compassion for them. So I have both of the hold both mm -hmm. of the beliefs at the same time. And how long did it, well, two questions about this. I'm curious of how long it took you to kind of reach these points where you started to actively feel, not just think, but have that felt experience of change. And part two would be, what do you kind of see as a general timeline with people you work with around it of, of how they're shifting into new thoughts, new feelings, new behaviors? So with me, it took a long time. It took several years, <laughs> but I wasn't also, this wasn't something that I actively thought about for all those years, right? That wasn't the focus. The focus started in around 2020. And in 2021, that's when I was ghosted again by my friend of 15 years. And my reaction to that proved to me that I could get through anything because that was an incredibly shocking experience for me. My friend was going through a lot of personal issues at the time. I think she was depressed, but I still didn't think that we wouldn't be friends after being friends for 15 years. So the way I handled that was so incredible because I had been doing this work for a year and I just took everything that I knew about how to heal after being ghosted and applied it directly to my life. And I'm not going to lie. I still miss my friend, my former friend. And I still sometimes have dreams about her, even nightmares. A lot of people who I work with have nightmares, but I've done all the things. And when I think about her, I'm definitely at peace and I respect her choice not to engage with me. That's, if that's what she wants, I, I really do want the best for this person. The second part of your question was, 
how long does it take for somebody's mindset to kind of transform around this or for them to heal? And just I, what you've seen. Yeah. And what I've seen, it could be one session with me of coaching where they're like, hey, like a sigh of relief, like, oh my gosh, you just helped me reframe all of this. So in my coaching sessions, I ask them for the problem that they want to work on. And then we talk about how I can help them and we come up with goals together. And then I kind of go through all of the issues that they're having and help them reframe them so that it's from a more empowered perspective. So that's like just session one with me. And that that is something that I can definitely tell about and a lot of great feedback about them that like from people that it's really helped. You know, I love that you gave the even a realistic timeline around what it looked like for you because it really depends on somebody's experience, right? Like how much yeah. trauma they grew up with, how much anxiety they carry. Sometimes it can take years, right? Which is still a better alternative than perpetuating those neuropathways that are reinforcing whatever insecurely attached behavior you are, whether you're the person experiencing ghosting or you're the one experiencing being ghosted or you're the one doing the ghosting, right? You know, what I'm hearing also as you talk about your work, which I think is such an important piece, is letting go of codependent behaviors, like not checking social media. For somebody who runs anxious, that could be kind of like, you know, just 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 a little bite, just a little dab, right? Like just just a little to take the edge Three off. hours later. Exactly. You're still scrolling. That's what I was going to say. It actually takes you down the anxious train. And really what we know to let go of codependence, which is linked with anxious attachment, is your feelings are not my business. It's your responsibility to share your feelings if we're in relationship with each other. But what you're doing, for example, on social media is not my business. And marking even at, like you mentioned, micro ghosting, these micro codependent behaviors, marking those can really be the preventative medicine around kind of a bigger downward spiral of that kind of despair and depression that can come with being ghosted. So a lot of people in my free and private Coping with Ghosting Facebook group have expressed that it's really challenging for them to unfollow or block their ghosts and that even deleting them as a contact in their phone is extremely hard. And to that, I would say, I highly recommend doing all of the above. But if you can't, because you just, you're not ready, have compassion for yourself. If you're not ready to do something, you don't have to do it. Take this advice, take what you like and, and leave the rest. I think it will help you. It will definitely help you move forward, but it's not something that's mandatory. I have talked to and I've surveyed my Instagram community um, and asked them how they felt after they did it, after they made the shift and they blocked people and unfollowed and all of that. They felt so much better. It's the, one of the biggest game changers that you can do for yourself. I mean, it's it's like freedom, right? It's like it's like setting yourself free. And I I totally get like still wanting to have that connection, still wanting to have that option of being able to check somebody's Instagram account. 
And sometimes even having that, that option to do that can be so healing because that gives you the opportunity to, to make a different choice, right? So I have the option of checking this person's Instagram account and I can just take a pause and say, hey, is that going to serve me to do that right now? Or am I just going to go down the rabbit hole of Instagram and, and look at all their posts and then find out who they're following, et cetera, et cetera, that rabbit hole that we can, that we are all familiar with. And so I think it, it actually can be healing to still stay connected on Instagram because it allows you, right, to make a decision about something. Yeah, you know, one of the key pieces of secure attachment is that ability to have compassion, right? For wherever we are at. So whether it's the choice to the, the fact that I'm aware that I'm choosing to walk away because I'm so committed to the bigger picture and committed to going through the scary, icky, sad, whatever feelings that will come, the grief that will come with letting go of that, or I'm fully accepting the fact that I'm not ready to do that and I'm going to give myself that compassion piece. Both of those are actually growth, which I think is a really important part of the equation that just because, you know, because I feel like anxious attachers, oh, if I'm not doing every single thing right, I'm not going to get the result. And it's kind of like tomato, tomato, it's, it's still the same fruit, right? So, you know, it's important to remember that both of those will will play a piece. I'm wondering if you believe in the law of attraction. I think that our thoughts create and that we definitely have a lot of free will. And I think that at the same time, I have tried my best to get a ghost back with the law of attraction and it has not worked. So that's, I even tried the law of assumption. But I, I really, really don't think that it's healthy to do that, honestly. I just, it, it was unhealthy for me in my experience. I can't speak to others. I'm sure, you know, I've seen videos where they say, get your ghost back. And yeah, maybe it works for other people. But if somebody is ghosting you, I would definitely question that behavior and think, is this somebody I really want in my life? Because it's unattractive. It's unattractive, mean, spirited behavior. And it's saying that they have some type of issue. We don't know what that issue is. So I, I wouldn't really try to get a ghost back. I wouldn't recommend trying to get a ghost back through any type of method. I do offer a, a free guide of what you can say to your ghost. It's on copingwithghosting.com. I have six different texts you can send. I co-wrote this with a mediator. And it's something you can do to feel more peaceful in your heart. You can send a text that clearly and respectfully communicates what you will want, what you need, maybe what you're feeling. And this is a guide for all different stages of relationship. So it, I think it's always important to speak your mind because you have a voice, use it. Yeah. I mean, and I really, really appreciated that story about the, the 15 year friendship because I, I had an experience of somebody who had a decades, decades long friendship with, with somebody. And it was really interesting because 
I started to feel, you know, it, it went from kind of like a what's wrong with me situation. And I processed it with my therapist for two years to, I don't really know if I want to continue this relationship. Now, the person ended up ghosting me. We were on a phone call and the person said to me, hey, I'm going to park my car. Let me call you right back. And I never heard from that person ever again. And I was okay with it because I had done all this work in therapy, realizing that this relationship was long past its expiration date. And for some reason, because of his history, I was holding on to it. So, you know, I think that there are, you know, so many different variations of ghosting. And I love that you have this guide of having these texts of every stage in the relationship. And also, you know, the non-text of like, you know what, I think I'm okay with this, this being over. What spoke to me and what you just said was around, in addition to what Mary spoke of, was around the law of attraction. And I think oftentimes where people get tripped up is when you're trying to use it for something you don't have, deep down your subconscious already says, I don't have this thing. So there is some operation of deficit that's happening, right? And when are we trying to manifest? Probably when we're dysregulated. So the system's already saying, this isn't safe, this isn't safe, this isn't safe. Right. Whereas when you start reinforcing those new neuropathways and even saying, thank you, that somebody who is clearly immature and cannot right, offer a simple explanation, you know, even if that doesn't mean that you have to return your text or phone call immediately or are not able to articulate and express themselves, that you would actually say, oh, thank you. The universe is actually deterring someone who isn't good for me away. And I allow in the new, but that anxious brain can come in and say, only this thing, I have to hyperfixate on this thing, because deep down, that's the thing that's going to make me feel okay. And that actually perpetuates that we don't have enough, or that that's the only person who can fix me, and deep down, or there's something wrong with me. And that's what I hear about your work, is that commitment to the bigger picture of, it's not, it's not you, it's them. Yeah, It's true, right? It is. It's their yeah. behavior. It's not it's your behavior. Exactly. And I think the personal is political. Our society has a lot of issues. You know, we teach people math and science and history, but there's no mandatory class for youth that I'm aware of that teaches people how to be in healthy, mature relationships. Empathy levels are dropping. Narcissism's on the rise. We're teaching boys not to cry by the age of five. People are on dating apps, which is just gamifying connections. We swipe on people like they're happen. And mental health conditions are increasing worldwide. People in the spotlight make a mistake and we cancel them. So this is just part of it. This is a big problem. It really is. And Greta, I'm wondering if you have any kind of upcoming courses or programs or what your usual protocol is around working with those who are dealing with being ghosted? Well, I'm so excited to share that I created a Take Your Power Back workshop with my friend and fellow coach, SDK. And this shares everything that I wish I knew when I was first ghosted. And it gives you a better understanding of why it happens. It shows you exactly how to regain your power. And 
You can download it on my website, copingwithghosting.com, which also has lots of free resources, my coaching information, uh, and a link to my Facebook support group. So all the good things are over there at copingwithghosting.com. I love that. So you said that your Facebook group is private. How do people join your Facebook group? What do they need to do? They can go to Facebook and then type in coping with ghosting. They'll get to the page and there's a, there's an area where you can join the group and it's wonderful. I moderate everything. So it's a very supportive place as safe as I can make a Facebook group. (laughs) And it definitely is a really warm, small community right now. It's just under a thousand people, but I've get I've gotten tons of great feedback and people are saying that it's really helped them heal. And so I am curious how all of this work that you've done around ghosting over the last three years, creating your Instagram, your website, these amazing courses, your Facebook group, how has this transformed your life professionally? That's such a great question. And Recently, I had a doctor from the Kingdom of Bahrain reach out, and he is working on a ghost research paper, and he's asked me to become a collaborator on it. And so now I'm going to participate in a true academic study around ghosting that will be shared with my community very soon. Additionally, I feel empowered by transmuting, by changing my pain into my purpose. It's given me a whole new perspective on life. It's really helped me develop even more confidence. Like I said, I was ghosted a year into doing the work and it upset me because I'm a person and I have emotions, but it didn't destroy my life. And in the past, when I was ghosted, I felt shattered. And this time I felt like, oh, I'm grieving and I know that I will grow around my grief and I developed hope. And I really feel like no matter what life throws my way, I will be able to get through it with a good attitude because I'm the type of person where if something doesn't sit well with me, if something gets in my way, if there's a tragedy, if there's a trauma, I know in my heart that I can work to come out of it as a stronger person. And that no matter what it is, I can take what happened to me and I can help other people get through the same issue. And so it was ghosting. Maybe something else will happen to me. It will be something else. But I really do believe that what we go through can be used to change other people's lives. I love that. You're really spinning some gold. (laughs) Can you leave our listeners with a tool to help with ghosting? Absolutely. So I would say write down all of the reasons why you feel like you were ghosted. and cross them out and know that you did the best that you could 
try to reframe them into a positive light and write down that this is not personal. This is not about me. I might not have all the answers right now, and that's okay. I can still feel peace even if I don't get an apology. I can heal. I can grow around my grief. I will be okay. So I would just say do a lot of journaling. Write down the things that you love about yourself. Build up your self-esteem. It will really help. And know that this isn't about you. I love use that. Those power, use those powerful words of affirmation to yes. heal. It's like doing your own. It's like doing the law of attraction on yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's giving yourself your own love language yeah. in a way, right? Which is ultimately to move into secure attachment. We've got to feel full, right? It's not someone else's job to fill our cups, only yeah. perhaps to enhance, but not their job. Exactly. And I, I just have to say, don't ghost yourself. Give yourself the love. Give yourself the love that you wish your ghost would have given to you. Put it all on yourself. Yeah, it's oh my so gosh, easy. I love that. I when love we that. run anxious or avoidant, we actually are ghosting, ghosting ourselves. ourselves and we're abandoning ourselves. And that is mm-hmm. self ghosting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it just makes me think like, what are all the ways that we micro? I love the term micro ghost. What are all the ways that we micro ghost ourselves throughout the day and in relationships? Thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. I love all your questions. I love speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really an honor. And it's been an honor for us as well. So if you have any questions about ghosting, attachment, or anything else, please DM me at Mary B Therapy on Instagram, or you can visit me on my website at MaryBTherapy.com. And thanks for listening.